From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tuns. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Rick. And this is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mother. You'll get there, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, joining us today is, uh, you know, Spencer. He brought us some delicious meat. You know, you know well. Spencer. I think you've been on the show before, maybe back in the uh, day. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. If yeah. I, He's been on one I of them anyway. At, some yeah. shows. Yeah. Uh, and then Carlos is joining us again. I, I'm just here to drink some mead, guys. Yeah. Uh, before <laughs> we get too deep here, I do have some, I meat? guess. Uh, mead. Some meat. You gotta drink oh. some meat. Uh, I'll do that too. <laughs> Pureed. Oh. Uh, I, I do have a few, like I guess, housekeeping things that we need to take care of. First, uh, last. Er, so, the first of the year here, it's been kind of a what's what's the word? It's a, been a rough time, tumult, tumultuous, with, tumultuous time uh, here uh, for Homebrew Bound specifically. Uh, first, it was gonna be we're like, oh yeah, we'll have Rick on, and then. I was like, oh, yeah, no, we'll have Eric, because he was going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be here every week and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, Eric uh, quit drinking. Um, if you want some more information on that, it's not really my my place to say. Uh, head on over to Blackboard Beer Reviews on YouTube and you get, and look at, before he started doing coffee view, or videos uh, a couple weeks ago, he posted his, uh, his, his response to all the things going on in his life. So, unfortunately, he won't be joining us. Uh, and so then... I was talking with uh, Thomas, one of our listeners, and Rick a little bit, and Rick uh, has expressed interest in wanting to brew a lot more mm-hmm. and getting into the hobby, uh, unlike Miles, who got out. <laughs> that rat bastard. Uh, <laughs> and so we're doing, we're doing something I'm calling the Every Style Challenge Ale Edition. Uh, so basically, I went through the BJCP style guidelines, pulled out every top fermented beer because my lagering setup is dead and gone because yeah. I gotta I gotta figure something else out because it just was not working. Uh, and I, I put together a list of eighty different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to brew at least one style a week for the next eighty-ish <laughs> weeks. It's gonna be interesting to say a the least. A lot It'll, of beer. It'll it'll be rough. It'll be intra like we might miss a week in in there or something, but we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna shoot for that. Yep. Uh, so the goals with this uh, to become more proficient and efficient at recipe building. That's mm-hmm. something I've always struggled with is building good consistent recipes across styles, um, and it's something that you've never really done. Yeah, I haven't built any recipes. I've mostly brewed from extract kits or done minor adjustments to the extract kits but never built my own recipe so awesome something that we'll work on and hopefully get good at by the end of 80 weeks i would hope Um, so like this is just kind of a crash course in beer if we're not good at it by then we need to give up like we're just gonna have to be done (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no it's this is definitely a like when you want to learn a new language and you just move to the country that's kind of what we're doing yeah we're just immersing. We're gonna ourselves. we're gonna learn all this beer stuff by just doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Now maybe uh, Rick should start with the hand grinder first, then. <laughs> what <laughs> to learn from the hand? Well, uh, the, the drill did burn out, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got multiple drills. It's only it's only five pounds of grain. <laughs> it's only five pounds. Not Carlos, the ten that we suck were doing. Suck my ass! I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't want to learn traditional <laughs> styling. I want to learn how to brew it. Um, and then uh, the other goal is to become more flexible brewers stylistically. Uh, yeah. 
I brew a lot of English English beers and IPAs. That's yep. just kind of like that's that's my wheelhouse. You guys have listened to this show for two years now. Um, it's I I talk about this, you know, keep it simple, stupid, and all that. Like, uh, so I'm I'm hoping to branch out, maybe find some styles that I previously hadn't brewed that I find that I uh, finds out that I really really like. Yeah. Um, and then just learn more about beer styles in general. Like we're always talking about like going off the beaten path and like, so we have this style, how can we tweak it? This is everything we brew is going to be in the style guidelines. We're not going to branch out from that Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, so, I mean, it seems a little constraining, but we're doing 80 different styles in 80 weeks. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a ride. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how this is going to work is once the pipeline gets rolling, uh, there's going to be. Uh, two the two main parts to each episode and there's gonna be like we're gonna have different things in there like uh today we're throwing some mead tasting in there and mm-hmm. so we'll talk a little bit about mead making and that uh but yeah so we'll have discussions uh along the way but so the two the two parts uh will be we will taste and critique our last style uh, and see or, or at least our last finished style and see how close our recipe was to hitting that style what we would change um and uh what we liked about it what we didn't mm-hmm. um and then uh we will start talking about the next style on the list so in doing that we're going to read over the bjcp guidelines on air uh discuss those um and then we're going to try to hit uh hit on overlooked parts of the style to try to help you and us make a beer that fits squarely into that style because uh at beer competitions you see a lot of stuff well this is a this is my take on a cream ale, and I poured half and half in it because it said cream in the name. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, do you actually see stuff like that? You you see a lot of weird stuff at some competitions. Yeah. Uh, but like even even stuff where uh, people like IP, like the uh, like the New England style IPAs aren't uh, squarely two style. And those are really good, but they're not in style, so you're not going to see us brewing those. We're right. going to be brewing traditional uh, IPAs. Set styles, but uh, yeah. Um, and so, like that's that's <clears throat> the that's the less you know condescending answer I get. Right. <laughs> well, and it's it's how you start. Like, if we brew a cream ale, but we find that we would rather see something else in it when we taste it, we'll have our notes from it, and then we can change it. Yep. And that's what's kind of cool about it is to brew a style and then change it, I think it's awesome to start with brewing that style how it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. then tasting it and seeing what you would change about it yourself. Then you put your own take on it. I mean, that's not how you have to do it. I'm just saying that seems like a logical way for me to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's and that's what you should do. Yeah. Um, and we've we've talked about that before, like make sure you know the style before you start going off 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 script a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the next part is we're going to taste a commercial example of that style, hopefully one that's listed in the BJCP guidelines as a commercial style. Like today, for example, uh, we're starting with cream ale, mm-hmm. so this is the cream ale episode, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna taste uh, New Glarus's Spotted Cow, something that's really easy for us to get. Unfortunately, it's not something that people that others can uh, that people outside Wisconsin can get, mm-hmm. but uh, you can get like Genesee cream ale and stuff like that. Right, and apparently old style. <laughs> that's what's that's listed yep. there's one i don't think you should try that one as a yeah uh and then but. and then uh, on air uh rick and i are going to <coughs> develop a recipe for that style that we will brew the following week um recipes tasting notes all that is are going to be hosted on our website um i'm going to be working on that 
throughout this next week, and I'll have a link for you guys uh, on the next show. Um, but yeah, so we'll have a link to we're gonna we're gonna host all the recipes on Brew Toad with a uh, hopefully I'm gonna try to figure it out get a uh, get a download so you can download the XML so you can import it right into Beersmith because that's a great uh, that's a great resource or a great tool if you haven't used it I highly recommend it we're not sponsored by them or anything I just I love Beersmith software I haven't used it uh, it's all the, well as you start brewing uh, I have it on my laptop and we'll we'll use that as we brew spectacular um yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of where the show's going we actually have a set uh a set schedule and a set goal now yeah which is nice instead of this floundering about like what are we gonna do i don't yeah. really know no, now we have a format so mm-hmm. and this will be followed for the next year and a half yeah hopefully hopefully so yeah uh yeah no i, I figured uh if if we did one beer one tasting each episode we could get like a uh, hundred plus episodes out of this mm-hmm. just because of how it's gonna end up being right so yeah that's kind of what you guys have to look forward to uh you guys get to see rick grow from a beginner brewer up to hopefully a master brewer at the end of this well, or cool. at least you know intermediate we, we better and be pretty good at yeah least. yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see your growth like i've been brewing for a while i'm not a master by any means yeah uh, I know I know my way around a mash ton, but I'm really excited to see uh, where your recipe formulation comes. It'll yeah, it'll be fun because I've never done all grain or anything. I've mm-hmm. helped you with a couple, but I was mostly just standing there drinking, watching you do it. So yep, um, and that's the hard part <laughs> is not drinking while you're brewing. Yeah. That that took me way too long to learn. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, yeah, I'm very interested. I like. When when I've done extract and stuff, I've liked tweaking it and changing it. It's always turned out well. Um, like I brewed a few ambers and I did a few changes to the recipe. Nothing major. Stayed within style, but just did some different stuff than the kit, and that's fun for me. Like, so I'm excited to start like creating recipes, but I have to understand how everything works a little better before I can start really doing that. But it'll be fun to learn. Um, and I think it'll be a cool journey. And, you know, if we have people who are here now who are beginning brewers, you can learn right along with me. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, as we like we're going to we're going to sit, we're going to try to get um, a list of the styles that we're going to brew up in advance. So you kind of know where we're at. Uh, and if you want to brew along with us and send in your style or send send in your examples yeah. so we can taste them and. Uh, I not necessarily critique. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe give you some feedback on it, but see mm-hmm. see where your takes on these styles are mm-hmm. um, compared to ours. Just because sharing beer is great. Yeah. So uh, cool. we'll definitely have have some information up where you guys can uh, contact us and. Yeah, it'd definitely that out. be cool if we were brewing something and we had like four different yeah. ones to try for all home brews. Like that'd be pretty awesome. Be so if you cool. guys want to do that, we'll definitely yeah. try them out and. Not really compare them because they're they're all going to be the same style, but they'll probably end up different just because yeah. within style. Well, and for certain styles, uh, I think we're going to try to leverage some of our local contacts to see if we can get some actual brewers in sure. to talk about uh, the styles. Um, I know Mike is down from Pitchfork, and we yeah. can probably get Mike from uh, uh, Swing Bridge yeah. because we know too many goddamn Mike Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> all the brewers I know are named Mike. I don't. They're <laughs> all Jeff. Mike's. 
If I if I ever want to get really into brewing, I got to change my name to Mike. That's I think that's how that works. <laughs> well, there's new owner. That's Brock's problem. There's new owner at Pitchfork. Maybe he he has a different name, right? No, his name is Mike, Mike too. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, before we dive into uh, mead, why don't uh, have you been doing anything beer related uh, lately? I actually did. Uh, I had a packet of yeast from a while ago um, that had been not like frozen or refrigerated, and it's probably like a year and a half old. It's dry yeast, so mm-hmm. I figured it might still be okay, but it might be old. And I was like, uh, fuck it, I might as well try to make some alcohol with this. I didn't have anything like to brew, and I didn't want to waste like expensive ingredients if I was so going to have some dead prison yeast. Wine? I did. I made Kool-Aid <laughs> wine. And uh, so basically, I just took this yeast and put it in. I boiled water and put sugar in it, just white sugar, and cooled it down obviously then put the yeast in put it in our fermenter and threw it in the closet for 10 days and then took it out it smelled like vinegar and i was like well that's not good but i tried it It tasted fine it tasted like mildly sugary water so then i threw it in some bottles after i mixed it with some uh, kool-aid powder and then i just tried it and it's actually it tastes like alcohol kool-aid like if you mixed like vodka with kool-aid so it's not bad. I mean, it's nothing great. It's not. Does it get you messed fancy. up? It, it has alcohol in it. I can taste the alcohol. Um, <laughs> so I know my yeast worked, and my yeast did not work efficiently. So I'm glad I didn't brew a beer with it. I didn't. I didn't take any like gravity readings because I was like, "Fuck it, who cares?" I just wanted. I had a quick hour to brew, so I did that. Um, but like watching my airlock, it was like there was never a point where it was like doo. It was just like bloop, bloop. It was pretty slow. Um, so it it but it, there's alcohol in it. I can taste the alcohol, and uh, I'm sure my dad's gonna drink some of that because <laughs> he just drink anything <laughs> that has alcohol. alcohol. It's a little too sugary. I'm hoping the sweetness goes away as I kind of I've set the bottles back. I only brewed a gallon. I set the bottles back, and I'm gonna let those hopefully mellow out. So that's really all I've done, but I just felt like brewing something awesome. and using up that yeast. And it's, you know, it doesn't taste like shit. It was surprisingly pleasant. I'm not a big fan of Kool-Aid either, though. Like, it's okay, but, yeah, it tastes like alcoholic Kool-Aid, and that's not a problem if I'm ever out of alcohol completely and right. have something or <laughs> who knows, like, what the situation could be. But it's yeah. it's just fun to brew something or no, it's not really brewing, but it's kind of fun to just make something. So that's really all I've done okay. lately. But I have been, uh, my dad really wants to brew because I brewed a uh, Belgian quad with him, a candied quad, uh, last year. And he drank all five gallons in like a week. And I Jesus. got one bottle. Yeah, he went hard. Um, <laughs> on a quad? <laughs> yeah. What was the ABV on that sucker? Uh, we I estimated it. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I don't I didn't know if I could trust my or my OG reading, um, because I had a shitty what the hydrometer. Hydrometer, I got a new one and tested the final gravity, so I think it was about nine percent. Okay. Um, it was a little bit less than I was shooting for because it was a quad, and it was a little sweeter. I think we needed to do a little longer on the primary fermentation. Uh, I think we jumped. Oh, the so gun. you so you guys drank it real young then too? 
Well, we we did a primary and then we did we did a primary for a month. I think no, it wasn't a month. We did a primary for like two weeks, and then we did a month and a half secondary fermentation where it was just on the rock candy, mm-hmm. um, and then took it off, and he drank it like once it was bottled and carbonated, so it was real young. Um, I wasn't impressed with that. I didn't think that was a good idea. So, <laughs> so you got to hide some next time? Yeah, he wants to brew an IPA. He he drinks pretty much exclusively Furious now. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a Furious he's, guy. He's in That's, love with it. That is new. Like yeah. I like yeah. I figured he would be like the old Milwaukee type. He's he's always been uh 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 McGolden, but he's just I since I started drinking craft beer, I had it around and he's always liked uh hoppy beers, IPAs and stuff. But now that I'm drinking it, I just I just think he can't drink shitty beer now. Watching me drink good beers, you're shaming him so, to drink better. Hey, yeah, that's what happened with my dad, man. My dad, he still curses me to this day. He's <laughs> like, "You ruined me. You should be able to get a case for twelve well, bucks." He's my dad's kind of mad at me. That's why he wants to brew some because uh, he's spending ten bucks a four pack on Furious, which just it's worth it. It's a good beer, but he, if he's doing it, drinking that every day, it's getting expensive. Yeah. Um, so he wants to brew an IPA, so we're just going to do an extract, but, uh, we're going to brew an IPA and then I think I'm going to brew, uh, just like an easy stout. Okay. Cause we want to, he wants to brew two and then I'm going to hide like a gallon of each for myself and he can have the rest cause he's paying for it. So yeah, there you go. That's, uh, upcoming. Right. I think we're going tomorrow to get the, or my dad's going tomorrow to get the stuff for it. Nice. Spencer, have you been doing anything beer-related before we dive into mead in a minute here? Uh, <clears throat> like, been to any cool breweries or anything? Uh, not lately. Okay. That's fine. Uh, went well, to Bent like a month ago. That was pretty good. Bent is good. I like that brewery. Carlos, what about you? Anything beer-related? I didn't uh, brew anything, but I did... Uh, I cooked with, cooked with uh, some beer last weekend. That worked out really well. I used uh, the Founders Asica, their IPA. And which is really the really mosaic good IPA. Uh, yeah. So, so they're mosaic. Yeah. yeah, it's really really good beer. But like, I had picked up a pack because I went shopping, and I I had like three pounds of pork, uh, uh, boneless ribs, rib meat, and I wanted to cook it up, and I didn't want to fucking fry it in a pan. It's cold outside, so I wasn't gonna fucking fry it outside. <laughs> it was gonna be my uh, dinner for the rest of the week. So I just tossed it in crock pot, uh, and then uh, poured in two uh, cans of uh, IP the, that IPA and. Uh, let sit for a while, and it was really good. I'm sad it's all gone. I'm probably going to do that again this weekend. You should. You definitely should. Uh, yeah, I haven't done anything brewing-related besides come up with this insane challenge. Yeah. Um, and then kind of prep for that. I picked up a, a refractometer today because I'm sick and tired of taking uh, hydrometer readings, waiting for it to cool down and shit. I'm just done with yeah. that. Just done. That's part of the reason I don't. I wasn't taking any readings. Yeah. So, and we need readings for this. So. Yeah, for this, this, we have to be. Yeah, we have to be as scientific it. as possible. Right. Um, that's the that's the you put the little drop on it and look yep. through it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We used one of those once. Yeah. Yeah. Back. Miles and Eric had one. Okay. Um, and I don't know where that one went. Otherwise, I tried to get that one, but they couldn't. They didn't know where it was. So, uh-huh. so I just bought one. They were like thirty bucks on Amazon. So oh, it'll be here on Monday. Um, and then let's see, I, I've done a lot of brewery, uh, stuff like just going to breweries. Uh, well, we did the central waters anniversary party, which was was awesome. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, that was like I love I I love that event, but I've talked enough about that. Uh, Central Waters nineteen was really good this year. Out of, um, the, out of the bottle, it was super good. Out of the bottle, it was Off super good. The Off tap, tap, it was eh. It was eh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I I went brewery hopping last uh, last weekend in the cities. Uh, went up to Steel Toe, uh, Dangerous Man, uh, Fair State. I feel like there was one more, but it's evading me right now. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Steel Toe, Dangerous Man, and Fair State were the were the three that I remember hitting. Um, and yeah, that was good. Uh, picked up just some bottles of stuff and just very good beers, like mm-hmm. just all around. Uh, and that's just kind of been what I've been doing, trying to figure this out and then that stuff and figure out what we need and where we can. Where and we then can in the stuff. last week, we procured a couple bottles of Surly Barrel Aged Darkness. Yeah, so oh, it's so good. That yeah, so good. Getting some sump and I got I got some sump today and just bottles, sump? bottles galore, bottles galore. All right. Right on. So we've all been <coughs> sipping on this delicious golden liquid in front of us. <laughs> so, uh, Spencer, you just started uh, mead making, right? Yeah, I started back uh, probably four or five months ago. I haven't been in it too long and don't have many finished products yet. All right. Uh, well, so why don't you why don't you start telling us about these meads? You can go in either order you want, and <coughs> we'll just kind of uh, do you do you want us to like taste them and give. Our, our feedback or our tasting notes on them or do you just want to talk about them sure i can uh i can talk about them and then if you want to okay give your give our thoughts feedback or right, yeah. whatever um so i'll start start with the first one it's uh a recipe that i came across online it's uh i think it's called joe's ancient orange <coughs> meat or joe's ancient orange meat it's one of the two um and basically the recipe was designed to mimic ancient mead recipes so it's very simple and you could you wouldn't have much difficulty doing it at home if you happen to get an interest in trying it but basically <clears throat> it's just right around three pounds of honey uh, a single orange leave the rind on just cut it up make sure it's washed and clean throw a cinnamon stick and a single clove in there and you can throw some allspice and some nutmeg in there i I decided not to do that uh with the uh allspice and nutmeg um and you use just simple bread yeast the recipe actually specifically tells you not to use any kind of wine making yeast um and start to finish on this one was about two months um i kind of rushed i wanted to have something to bring to uh the holidays to my family and have something to try um overall i'm pretty happy with it i i used i made two different batches of it i used a lower quality supermarket honey which i knew it wasn't going to turn out as well as the one where i used a higher quality honey but i was just curious to see how big of a difference it would make um the one with the supermarket honey not bad by any stretch but it's not as good as the one using the higher quality and the second one is the apple meter uh, sizer is the style and basically i did the same thing i uh, used about three pounds of honey threw in 
three to four pounds of Honeycrisp apples. Um, I actually thought about ditching this one at one point because it smelled like like farts and so I <laughs> so I, I took to the internet and I found out the uh, correct term according to many forums is rhino farts, <laughs> which. Uh, uh, assured me that it's actually fairly normal in the brewing process, and once I racked it over into a second ferment, secondary fermentation and got all the loose apples and skins and everything out of there, it, it actually cleared up pretty quick, and that smell disappeared within right around a week. I mean, it it's amazing how fast it changed from something I thought about dumping down the drain to it's actually not half bad uh that one ended up finishing pretty dry, uh, but it's I'm pretty content with both of them and how they turned out. All right, Carlos, uh, uh, you want to start with your? Are you gonna have to start from the apple one? Sure. It certainly is interesting to see uh, the difference between the, the uh, o- an orange and an apple right there. That's I think that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, as far as the uh, orange one, I'm gonna start out with that one. It between actually just between the two of them, like it feels like the honey kind of hits your mouth differently between the both of them. On top of the flavors, of course, being different, uh, it's also a lot more. Uh, I gotta take another sip first. Oh yeah, sweeter. It's a, a lot sweeter than uh, the other one. It's a little too sweet for my tastes, but it's also. But but when you say that it's the like an old old style, uh, what, who like was it Egyptian? Did you say? Um, it's not labeled like as far right. as it's just some guy who came up with a a yeast or excuse me a mead recipe that was as easy as possible that pretty much anyone could make. You know, spending maybe twenty minutes at the supermarket. Um, I mean, most supermarkets do carry decent, you know, local honey, and that's what I'd recommend if you were to try it. And you could obviously just use a balloon as your airlock and throw yeah. it into a gallon jug and have mead in a couple months. Like it, it, it's good though. It is good. Uh, actually, both these means I would say were, are uh, better than the ones I usually have at the uh, Renaissance Festival. Actually, so mm-hmm. both of them are uh, both in different ways. Uh, as far as the, uh, are we just going around as just tasting one of them? Uh, yeah, let's let's just do yeah. the orange and then we'll go around with it. That way, uh, everybody's right. thoughts are kind of sure. in the same yeah. one. Um, uh, I guess I can go, Rick. Um, so the orange. Uh, aroma, like, <clears throat> stop, stop that, go away thing. I can't see now. No, stop, god damn it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Oh, man, Beers. sorry. Are you better now? Yes. All right, so the aroma, Um, I get orange and clove. Uh, like, right away, just a big orange, like, and just a hint of, like, that, that like, spicy clove mm-hmm. in the in the background, and I love it. Uh, as it. As it warms up a little bit and I dig a little deeper, um, you get like a slightly solventy alcohol note, but it's it's not enough to detract from anything, and it's and it, I, you're only really looking for it. And I I think that's you know can be attributed to the low quality honey that I used. Uh, that that isn't there in the other one. Okay. That I have that okay. used a decent quality. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, taste wise, wow. Uh, just like. First, first, I get a bunch of cinnamon, and then just orange, like mm-hmm. just so much orange, and it's amazing. So, did you? I, I forget. Did you use like whole oranges? Did you use orange peel? Um, the recipe specifically says to just cut up a whole orange and okay, 
throw it in. I mean, it's with the peel on it, right? Yep, yep, okay. with the peel. Awesome. I mean, you keep everything on there and you just cut it up. I mean, and and it's and it's sweet, but it's not like a like a cloying, like lingering sweetness where you don't want to have anymore. Yeah, it's like like it, it dissipates it's that quickly and you honey wanna... sweetness. That's yeah. kind of like it's not just like sugary sweet. It's like flavored sweet. Like if I was ill, I would drink a bottle of this instead of taking medicine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's right on the same level as cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's very good. I really like this. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on it, like I'm drinking it. If you didn't tell me, or if I like tried this in like a competition or something along those lines, and then you said it was made with just like bread yeast and cheap honey, I'd be like, that's it's unbelievable. It tastes very good for what you just told us that is in it. Mm. It's really simple, and that's what's really cool about it. It tastes good, and it hits like feel like this is how it's supposed to taste like that orange flavor is pretty there in the body like the nose is cinnamon and then it finishes with like almost like uh, it's definitely cinnamon orange but like almost like a caramel kind of finish like right on the back end not like you're eating a caramel candy but it's like kind of it's that kind of smoothness you know what i'm saying okay yeah i can kind of see what you're saying there it's Mm -hmm. kind of got that like like a caramel, like, uh, hmm, I don't know, like almost like a caramel sauce, like where it leaves that, like that coating in the back yeah. of your throat. And it's, it's very pleasant. It, mm-hmm. it tastes good. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think you nailed it with this because it tastes great for like your first mead. It's, it's impressive. Like there's, I wouldn't dick with this recipe if you were going to make it again. Yeah. It's, I think it was pretty much on the nose on what it was supposed to taste like it's yeah it was an incredibly simple recipe and the first one i did was a five gallon which was, which that one is still going and this is the first small batch one that okay. i I've well, and, and this one is the one with the cheaper honey too correct correct so yeah that's the only thing like i i would be if you brew another batch with more uh good honey i'd love to try it yeah, absolutely. But aside from that, I don't think there's anything that needs to be changed in this. It tastes like yeah, it's it's awesome. real solid, and it's like I agree with Carlos. This is definitely better than the stuff that I have at Renfest. I feel like that's just like cheap or quickly produced. Um, and this is this is artisan and shit, man. Yeah, well, it's it's like small <laughs> batch. It's it's I I like that it. I love that it's traditional. Like, I mean, obviously, you didn't open ferment it or like spontaneous fermentation mm-hmm. or anything but which is probably something along the lines of what they used to do with mead but also you run a lot of risk with infection with that and making it taste like shit so i love that it's really simple but tastes so good yeah absolutely i mean it's if someone were to start getting into mead making this is a recipe i would highly recommend i mean it's very simple I would too I mean, if this is how it's going to end up. Yeah. You you don't have to go to the brewery supply store online and have to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars. I mean, realistically, <coughs> start to finish, you could probably get this. You could probably do this for 30, 35 bucks. Okay, I mean, cool. very well, easily with all the equipment included. <coughs> to go along the and lines, the ingredients. Like what you mentioned to Carlos with the balloon, I know I've seen that in uh, when I was looking at the Kool Aid wine thing. You just poke a hole in a balloon with mm-hmm. a pin. And then put it, you can 
ferment it in a milk jug. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. You I mean, whatever you want because you use that balloon, and then when it inflates, it opens the holes up, but then when it deflates, it closes them back up because it's elastic. So you don't even you, you don't need to go to uh, any specialty store or anything to do it, and that's what's very cool about this mead. And the thing is, like, if I were to see this on the internet, I probably wouldn't have brewed it like you chose to do because I would have just thought it's not going to turn out good. But I'm pleasantly surprised yeah. with it. All right. Um, well, do you have any other notes you want to add on the orange one, or should we move on to the apple? No, we can uh, move right. on Carlos? to the apple. Well, of course, as different as apples and oranges. <laughs> uh, You've been sitting on that joke since we sat wild. down, his, haven't you? He's got his, such a satisfied smile on his face so, right now. He's just so satisfied with like himself. He didn't listen it. to anything any of us said. He was just, <laughs> just waiting for that joke. Say, that my name, say my name. Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> that explains the shit eating grin you've had for the last twenty minutes. No, no, that's that like the a, ultimate in dad. Jokes. No, actually, I only thought of this that like five minutes ago. But yeah, I, he wasn't right, listening so to me. Well, once, once Rick started. Talking, Carlos like, was ignoring me, and he's like, no, I, I, I had, like when I was trying to take, doing the tasting, I, I had mentioned like how like the how like just the apples and orange flavors, like you know, there's something about apples and oranges, aren't there? Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, give us your tasting notes, so, you knucklehead. This is also a really good mead. It feels like the honey is like uh, kind of a lot lighter in the flavor uh, compared to the other one. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing. It's it's just like it's just different, which kind of like really uh, helps them stand apart uh, taste wise. Uh, the apples are coming through uh, really strongly. They, I really like this one. This is my uh, favorite. Uh, it, I'd say it's actually kind of similar to like a, a hard cider, kind of in uh, uh, taste wise, and and the fact that I feel like I I could just drink and drink and drink this all day. So, but this is really good. I do like this. Um, aroma wise, man, uh, cider, but like if you're like, it, it smells like if you're at the apple orchard and like they're fresh squeezing it right mm-hmm. there, like they're just pressing, pressing the apples. Yeah. That's like, I just get thrown back to like going to apple orchard as a kid and yeah. like having like the, the spiral cut apple and yep. just brings back a lot of memories, man. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And like for whatever reason, and it could just be like my memory playing tricks on me but like i get i get just like a hint of cinnamon in the aroma i know there's no cinnamon in here but it's probably just like you know the where you like you smell something and like, i think it's yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. don't smell any cinnamon but um I get what you're saying but taste uh like it's i get i get a lot of like green apple cider mm-hmm. um with but it's it's more of like a tempered like i feel like the the honey might be tempering that just a little bit because it's not sour at all no, you just you get the flavor, but none of the pucker. Yeah, which is awesome. That's very, very awesome. Good. I really, I really like this. This turned out really well. Um, so I mean, one of the first things I noticed, like, it's got light carbonation, which is different than this one. Which I assume that's on purpose. Um, no, it's not. Just on purpose. own it, man. Yeah, I did that on purpose. It's, pur- it's like a very, it's very light, mm-hmm. and it's I like it a lot. Um, my only problem with this, and I do have one problem with it. It's the time of year that I'm drinking it. That's the only issue I have with it. <laughs> You're like, is, should have been drinking yeah. this four months ago. Well, this tastes like summer. Like this is this tastes like if I were if it were August and it was hot as balls out, and I came in like this drop out of an the ice fridge, cube in that like this out of the fridge would be a per. It's like a perfect summer drinking mead, which is no problem on you, mm-hmm. obviously. It's just 
it's not the right time of year for me to drink. But I'm a very seasonal person. I drink stouts all winter, and like, and that's it. That well, mostly. But I don't even I, like IPAs. Don't taste right to me in the winter. It, I'm a weird one like that. Um, I'm very mm-hmm. seasonal. But this, it's still very good, and I like it. Um, it's nice. I like the dryness. I know you said it, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, I. But I, I really <laughs> like how dry it is because it's it's different. It's not like you're. I wouldn't think of this as a mead. I don't. When I drink it, it doesn't taste like a mead. But I think that's cool. And you said it's a sizer. I'm not really familiar with that. It's just apples and mead. Mm. That's just basically. But yeah. I agree. There's definitely that green apple, like Honeycrisp or something like that. Is that what is in this? Yep, it's Honeycrisp okay. apples. Oh wow! And uh, good call, man. My, my parents <laughs> grow apples. Um, it, this this tastes like one of the my favorite applesauce that my mom makes. My mom makes applesauce that she doesn't sweeten, hmm. and she has multiple different kinds of trees. And she the Honeycrisp has always been my favorite. So that's when I tasted this. It tastes like a liquid, lightly carbonated version of that, which I'm boozy applesauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I want my mom to add to ferment her applesauce so it tastes like this or something. <laughs> like something's got to happen. <laughs> but I really like it, and I like how dry it is because it's yeah. Especially if I'm drinking it next to this one, it's really cool to have the two different things. I mean, they're. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in terms of you know dry and sweet, I mean they're mm-hmm. they're polar opposites. Practically, they're apples and oranges, as Carlos would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the flavor definitely that apple without the tartness. And as many people know, I hate sour stuff. Yeah, don't say. I don't. I just I can't do sour. It, it's I don't. It's not for me. But this isn't sour, but it has that flavor that you get with like sour apple. And I like it. I, I think this one's real solid too. Yeah, uh, you have you have knocked it out of the park, Spence. Keep doing this, please. Yeah, yeah I will. Um, I should have a couple more batches ready within the next well, few months. And we are happy to, uh, you know, just talk about them anytime you want to bring them around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's he, he, you're kind of gonna be our mead guy, like. So I mean, I I don't want to come off as an expert i'm sure there's someone who will be listening that knows way more than i do sure and but this i mean I'm, I'm still very much a novice at this and i mean it's it's something that's interested me for a while and you know eventually i'll get into beer brewing but sure. for now it's mead i hey. i mean the one downside is to get something that turns out pretty well you have to wait months and months and months yeah, and yeah months. but you don't have the four hours of you know hurry up and wait like we do so. yeah true i mean i <laughs> realistically i can get a batch together in about half hour 45 minutes and throw in the fermenter and yeah to go yeah there's definitely i mean for for these being some of your first meads i think you, you nailed it yeah and as you kind of hone your style i think i'm i'm excited to taste your future meads these so, are definitely right. some exceptional first uh, do, do you know what the ABVs are, ABVs are on these? Um, I didn't take a gravity reading on the orange one to start. Um, but from what I've read is bread yeast will usually tolerate right around 10%. So okay. that's what my estimation would be. And there were a couple things that went wrong with the apple one that I believe my... Gravity uh, was right around like a 
109 somewhere around there. Okay. Starting, but I had to change so many things along the way to try and, you know, when in all reality, I could have just probably left it alone. What did it finish so, out at? Um, I want to say a 995. I mean. Oh, wow. That so is that very, is, that very, is very dry. dry. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's right around there. I mean, it's. it's now, it's, now I kind of want to run the. It's below a one. Yeah, I know that I want to sure. run the numbers here. O, G, F, G, A, B, V. Come on, Brewer's friend. There so you are. The, the yeast I I used on it will tolerate right around 14. Okay. You said 9 and then .99. But taste West, I definitely don't think it's too dry at all. 13%. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it does not taste like that. If no. This is, yeah, if this is running 13%, that's uh, dangerous then. Because <laughs> you should not drink this all day during the summer. <laughs> I, I Just have, bottle unless after you have bottle. nothing to do. <laughs> in my secondary fermenter, I have one that's going to come in right around an 18. Jesus. 18%? That's Ooh, awesome. I, well, right. I guess we are dealing with meads. So okay. I mean. Well, unfortunately, we are... 40 minutes in, and we still have a bunch of show to do, so I have to cut the Ooh, meat yeah. stuff just we might down be, a little bit, man. We might be I'm running sorry. close to an hour show. Yeah, we, well, we're going to be over. From here out. Yeah. Well, I mean... Oh, yeah, from here out, we might be, yeah. Um, but, Spencer, again, thank you for bringing these down. These are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you keep, up, keep up the good work, man. And keep bringing me. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> show up with me. We're good. Right. Um, before we get uh, in here, do you mind uh, turning around grabbing the... Uh, how many spotted cows are in there? I think there's uh, four or five. Okay, yeah, just grab some spotted cows for people. I know there's a, there was a moon man or two in there. Okay. Yep. Um, Which is not the what we're. Yeah. Going for. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah. So now we're going into our ridiculousness, where we're going to start brewing a shit ton. Yes. Um, and so today we're talking about uh, cream ales. So we'll start by going over the the um, the BJC the BJCP uh, style guidelines, which you can find at bjcp.org, and this is Category One C, uh, and it's the only uh, beer from Category One that we're doing. The rest are uh, oh, that was in sync, guys. That was pretty yeah. cool. Uh, the, it's the only category or the only beer uh, in Category One that we're doing. The rest are um, loggers, and this is the American Light. Uh, or standard American beer uh, category. So the overall impressions of a cream ale, you want a clean, well-attenuated, flavorful American lawnmower beer. Uh, You're looking for something that's easily drinkable and refreshing with more character than the typical American lagers. So what is meant by lawnmower beer? Um, So lawnmower is that it's that hot summer. Okay. um, Where like you're, you're mowing the lawn, you're sweating, and you're like, man, just something that quenched the thirst. Sure. And that's that's what we're looking for. Okay. Um, aroma, you're looking for medium low to low malt notes with a sweet corn-like aroma. Uh, low levels of DMS are allowed, which is uh, dimethyl sulfide, I believe, um, but are not required. And that gives you like a like a butter popcorn. Um, mm-hmm. Or no, no, that's diacetyl. Yeah, uh, diacetyl DMS is so. just uh, corny. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, hop aroma, medium, low to none. Uh, you like, and you just you don't want much hops in this at all. Uh, it can be of any variety, although floral, spicy, or herbal notes are most common. 
Um, overall, a subtle aroma with neither hops nor malt dominating. Low fruity esters are optional. So basically, you want something that doesn't smell like anything, doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because hashtag America. Um, appearance, uh, pale straw to moderate golden color, um, although usually on the pale side. Uh, low to medium head with medium to high carbonation, fair head retention, uh, brilliant sparkling, uh, brilliant with sparkling clarity. So you want a really clear beer that's uh, that's hot, like lots of bubbles. You want mm-hmm. something that's almost like uh, like sprightly on your tongue. Like sure. Um, flavor, low to medium hot bitterness, low to moderate maltiness and and sweetness. Varying with gravity and, ten- and attenuation. Usually well, well attenuated. Neither malt nor hops dominate the palate. Low to moderate corny flavor is commonly found, as is light DMS. Uh, finish can vary from somewhat dry to faintly sweet. Low fruity esters are optional. Low to medium, low hop flavor. Uh, any variety, but typically floral, spicy, or herbal. So, again, like you're looking, li- you're looking at the ale version of the American Light Locker. So, like, yeah. basically the ale version of Budweiser. Right. Um, so, the mouthfeel, generally light and crisp, although body can reach medium. A smooth mouthfeel with a medium to high attenuation. So, something like you're not chewing through it, it, it goes down really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, higher attenuation levels can lend a thirst-quenching quality, which, yeah, I, mean, I could definitely see that with... Uh, with the spotted cow that we're drinking now. Right. <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, some other comments. Pre-prohibition cream ales were slightly stronger uh, and hoppier and more bitter in the 25 to 30 IBU range. Um, and if you're brewing something like that, enter it in the historical category. Don't try to enter it into the current uh, cream ale category because it won't do well. Or at least it won't if your judges are good. Right. It. Yeah. It's it, And like this says, uh, your bitterness shouldn't really be above 20 IBUs on the modern cream ale type of thing. Yep. Um, so the history of this beer, a sparkling or present use uh, ale that, or present uh, present use ale that exists, that existed in the 1800s and survived prohibition. An ale version of the American lager style, uh, which we talked about a little bit, uh, produced by ale brewers to compete with lager brewers in Canada and the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest states. Originally known as sparkling or present-used ales, uh, lager strains were and sometimes still are used by some brewers, but were not historically mixed with ale strains. Many examples are Krausen to achieve carbonation. Uh, cold conditioning isn't, isn't traditional, although modern brewers sometimes use it. So if you're going for a traditional, uh, traditional cream ale, um, at least like not a historic one, uh, don't, don't lager it. Fermented at ale temps, probably on the lower side, so I'm guessing in the low 60s. Mm-hmm. But don't don't try to lager it because you'll you'll miss out on some of those ale characteristics. Right. Um, so characteristic ingredients most commonly used: uh, a grain of six row malt or a combination of six row and North American two row is common. Adjuncts can include up to 20% maize in the mash, and up to 20% glucose or other sugars in the boil. Uh, any variety of hops can be used for bittering and finishing. Uh, style comparison, so it's similar to the American, uh, or standard American lager, but with a bit more character. All right, so now let's get down to the vitals here. IBUs, 8 to 20. That is way on the low end. Yeah, it's like, way down there. You basically, like, show it the hops. Yeah. 
Just let it look uh, at it. SRM, two and a half to five, super pale. Like, mm-hmm. you want no color in this beer. <clears throat> um, OG, you're shooting for uh, 1042 to 1055, uh, and you want it to finish out pretty dry. Uh, so you're looking at, like, 1006 uh, to 1012, like somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Lower the better. You want this to be crisp. Right. Uh, crisp and first thirst quenching, which puts your ABV uh, between 4.2 and 5.6. So it's definitely very sessionable. Right. Uh, commercial examples include Genesee Cream Ale, uh, Leibot Shanner Cream Ale, Little King's Cream Ale, New Glarus Spotted Cow, Old Style, and Sleeman Cream Ale. Mm-hmm. All right. Any questions, comments on any of that, Rick? Um, no, actually, I would... What we could go over, um, a word that is not still very familiar to me is attenuation. Attenuation? Okay. And where, what that... Let me, let me get the official, uh, uh, descriptor here. Um, brewing terms. There we go. Keeps giving me the other. All right. Uh, attenuation is the percentage that measures the conversion of sugars into alcohol, alcohol and carbon dioxide by the fermentation process. A more atten- attenuated beer will generally be drier and more alcoholic than a less attenuated beer made from the same wort. Okay. So when you're when you're looking at attenuation, basically it's how well the yeast did their job right. of converting those sugars into alcohol and carbon dioxide. So in this case, you're you're like a high attenuation. You'd be looking at an OG of 1055 going down to a finishing of 1006. Uh, like, well, 1055 would probably get down to like, yeah. I mean, if it was per, like, probably like 1010. But that would be kind use. of an yeah. example of what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, the bigger the distance between the OG and the uh, finishing. Look, look at it more as how close it got to one. Okay. Uh, yep, so the... The, the higher attenuated it is, the closer it gets to one. I have a pint glass there, man, if you want to. Yeah, maybe that'll there. be better. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of trying to pour a 12-ounce beer into a 4-ounce sample cup. I'm rocking that. Well, I got you a pint glass, too, this man. This has got little poops in it. <laughs> what? Oh, does it? Yeah, it's got little poops in the bottom. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, this one over <laughs> here does, too. That's why I wasn't using it. I'm fine oh, I didn't bring it. that. Carlos, that was yours from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I figured Sunday. that. Because there's a lot of stuff in the bottom of that one. <laughs> I'm fine with this. This that's is fine. That's fine. All right, man. Just trying to help out. Yeah, so that's that, that's attenuation. Okay. I understand. All right. Uh, any other questions? Um, Not particularly. Uh, it's just interesting to kind of learn the background on the styles. Like, I've had a lot of these. This is a really cool guide. Yeah. To, like, learn all about it. I know, even, even if you're not a brewer and you just like beer. Yeah. I highly recommend reading over the style guidelines. It's really cool to like know kind of all the ins and outs of it. Like this is obviously I'm sure somebody could write up a five page paper on cream ale, but it's kind of cool to like give you this is what it is, what it means, where it came from, like all that. It's really neat. And it's kind of cool that it has like characteristic ingredients that we can kind of start you you know, you can follow for the style. That's really a useful thing, and I assume why we're using this for the most part. Understanding the style and then figuring out how to create a recipe off of it. Yeah, no, and that's like that's it's that's definitely part of the challenge and part of the fun. Like you get to learn, you learn a lot about the style as you're 
as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that brings us to the tasting portion of the show, which is everybody's favorite part because yeah. you get to taste stuff. And have all right, so we have uh, New Glarus Spotted Cow in cans because we started canning, uh, and I I I actually uh, sent this. Through, sent, sent a bunch of spotted cow to somebody, but I retained a few cans to make sure that uh, we had something to try on the show today, which is part of the reason we did cream ale. The other part is I thought about doing these in order, but then I realized that we would be doing like 10 IPAs in a row. Yeah. So I was like, that's going to get old. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're going to have a lot of that on hand still. Yeah, well, and you so want to drink those be... fresh, so right. you got to alternate those around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's only available in Wisconsin, uh, but I highly recommend either... Uh, talking to somebody about getting some or trying one of the other uh, cream ales. And if you uh, live somewhere that you can't get it, you could probably set something up with us where we could get you some. Yeah, we could we could do a trade of local for local. local. Yeah, because we're always down from to try some local at. beers. Yeah, shoot us an email at the ninja at dot com. We'll get back to you. Yeah, but uh, so this one, yeah, this is a Wisconsin beer, yep. and it's. Uh, Oh, well, it's, well, it's very popular. Yeah, um, um, it's their most popular beer. Yeah, well, and I, th- I would say in Wisconsin, it's probably one of the most popular craft beers. I like, would say it's one of the most popular beers because was, well, and I'm I would agree with that, but like this is a craft beer, mm-hmm. like it's pretty large scale, but I would like this is kind of your entry level craft beer, at least around here. And, like, a lot of people who will only drink Bud Light and stuff will also drink Spotted Cow. So it's kind of, it's cool because, and it makes sense now understanding the background and how it works, that it's pretty similar. It's just the ale version of a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But, um, so it's it's a very popular beer in this area in Wisconsin. All right. Why don't you uh, give some tasting notes on it, and then we'll just kind of go around the circle here. Um. Well, definitely going going through with that uh, aroma, it smells like almost nothing. Like it, it's it. What I really get is mostly like a corny aroma um, from it, and then uh, no, I don't smell any hop on it at all. Like it doesn't smell like hops at all, which is in line with what's put forward. Um, it's it's a little bit darker than that, really pale straw i'd say this kind of is more of like a straw color it's not gold or anything but it, it kind of approach it's it's a little bit higher than the real pale colors that you can see and uh yeah it's definitely got that medium head and uh retention um the hot bitterness is pretty much non-existent it's it i'm sh- i think this is probably in the lower end of the IBUs for cream ale, I would guess, because this is pretty far down there. Um, and it's that corny flavors there, but this is, I mean, it's a solid beer. That's why it's so popular. But it's definitely got that uh, corny, thirst-quenching flavor for sure. Like a, a good spotted cow when you're working out in the field or something, when I am, you, I guess, but <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> but uh, when I'm when I'm helping my parents, spotted cow would be a good thing to reach for in a summer day to kind of quench the thirst and get a beer. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, that's uh, 
I mean, obviously, I've had spotted cow a lot before. Everyone in Wisconsin probably has or drinks, but it's a it's a solid beer, and it's definitely understanding the style from this sheet. It definitely fits right in there, and I can understand why they put it in as a commercial example, because it's just kind of it's a very uh, embodying of the cream ale style. Okay, Spencer. Yeah, your thoughts I, on it? I don't know. I mean, I it's a nice solid beer. I mean, it's it's one you can easily drink one after the other after the other. I mean, it's it's a nice solid beer. I mean, and you can do that because it's low ABV. I mean, it's definitely has a. I think it's about five. I think so. I think it's at four point seven actually. Yeah, that's good. That. I should probably cut down the strength of the booze I've been drinking. Nah, Carlos, <laughs> do another pint of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we know it came in pints? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a nice beer. I mean, like Rick was saying, it's it's a good beer to, you know, after a long day of work, it, you know, it's it's a nice beer to just throw down, quench your thirst, and it's a good summer beer. I like it. Yeah, it's a four point eight alcohol, so it's it's a nice sessionable. Uh, and fun fact, it has an eighty three BA score. Okay. So. Um. Yeah, it's it's low ABV. You can drink quite a few of these. Um. I agree. I mean, it's it's light enough. I mean, you're you're not gonna get sick of it necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. And it's a it's a good dry finish. It's thirst quenching, but it's nice and dry finish. Yeah. Right, Carlos. Uh, quite a bit of a s- change in flavor, like uh, or I guess lack of flavor compared to like what we were drinking earlier. Like uh, there's no like strong fruit taste in this. There's l- actually the only taste I'm getting is like maybe a little bit of <coughs> corn like taste in there, along with the cream. It definitely you definitely can see how it's a cream. It just like definitely has a creamy taste to it. Uh, and as like you were going through the guidelines and you said like how it has like uh, they're supposed to not have any smell. It I did not get any smell like. I don't know. Like I might be getting a sliver of something, but I can't. I'd be damned if I could uh, identify whatever I'm smelling when I'm uh, giving a sniff. Uh, it's a solid beer, but I don't know. Like there's, uh, if you if you're uh, if you have a chance to try it, you should try this uh, Spot Cow. But uh, I mean, I I don't know. Like there's so many other beers that like if you had a hard days work that I think I kind of would like. I personally would like lean to it towards more like a pale ale uh, after. Har- like uh, working the sun all day instead of a spot cow. Okay. Um, man. Uh, aroma wise, I get there's like a corn graininess to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there's maybe like a whisper of hops, but you don't you don't really pick any of that up. Right. Um, and then flavor wise, I get corn. Yep, like just corn in the back end. It, like it tastes like I just bit out of a corn muffin. And yeah, like nothing wrong with that. And th- it's like it's super dry. Like you can just hey, this is a crusher. Mm-hmm. You just sit there and you 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 just you bend your elbow yep. constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely easy to drink. Yep, I mean um, it's and I like I this is a, it's a great example of the style. Yep, there's definitely a reason it is the go-to. For like new craft beer guys, 
Yeah, in in Wisconsin. And there's there's definitely a reason I got tired of drinking it. Yeah, like, yeah. But then again, I keep going back to it. Like it, it's good to you know if you're at a bar like around here, we have a lot of this issue where you go to a bar and Spotted Cow is like the only craft beer on yeah, tap, and they're they're gonna be like, well, you want craft beer? We've, We've got, got the craftiest craft. It's New Glarus. And, and it's Spotted <laughs> Cow. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if if I'm at a bar where Spotted Cow is the only craft beer, I'm going to get it every time rather than drinking a Bud Light. But I agree. It's it's something I don't buy much, uh, but unless it's, you know, there's not much other option. It's not to yeah. say it's bad. It's just the style isn't really for me all that much. I used to. used to buy this stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, too. And it's it's a very solid cream ale. There's nothing wrong with it. Cream ale is not the style that I buy a lot, especially not in the winter. This is not the style for winter. And you know, if but you uh, if you live in Wisconsin, it's a good first step towards uh, other craft beer. Yeah, it's it's very great. If you have a friend who is interested in trying craft beer, and you can get a hold of some Spotted Cow, that's a perfect one to introduce someone to craft beer on. It's enough like what normal like what people normally drink before getting into craft beer but it as it's got more flavor like it's got more character to it so i think it's a it's a great introduction to craft beer okay yeah and it's it was my introduction so. <laughs> it was mine too man like, <laughs> well no i take that back mine was uh reds or not reds uh not reds uh killian's irish red yeah it yeah was killian's yep, Another beer that like don't uh, really don't touch. drink that anymore, guys. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that to took that. a turn. Man, we we bought a twelve pack what four years ago, <laughs> and that thing sat around until about a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to used to think that was the shit. It was like, why would I want to buy like? It was because like why want buy why get that McWorld Golden Light or like Budweiser when you could get. Oh, I'm just gonna get a, like a 20 pack of uh, oh, Killians. Oh, yeah. and like mm. it's great, Good. man. Flavorful, s- it's <laughs> no. <laughs> like now, now like now I know what flavorful beer tastes like. Yeah. So I mean, all right. So uh, yeah, that's Spotted Cow. Um, we're not really gonna give them a rating because we're not doing that. We're just kind of seeing how. Actually, uh, on style, off style. What do you think? I think it's it's definitely on style. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I Spencer, think on or off? For I, uh, I had to step out for the style. Oh, okay. Line, so right. I don't feel like I can fine. give a fair assessment. Carlos, it definitely seems on style for what you were describing. Yeah, I, I feel like this is dead on. Yep. So I mean, if we can, if we can get something that's close to this, I'll be happy. I'll be happy too. Right. And I mean, I'll, I'll drink it if we make it. Yeah. And I, yeah, for sure. All right. Um. So now the the interesting part where we try to develop a recipe on air yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go first here uh first let's let's talk about uh our fermentables uh-huh. um so the thing says either all six row or a combination of six row and american two row what do you think and you know i've got no idea what that means Okay, so um, um, I've I've done it, extract, it's, so it's okay. Yep. So they're basically two different types of barley mm-hmm. of American barley. You have you have two row, and it's just it's it's how the uh, the head of or the, like the grain bit okay of the barley. Like um, one has six rows and one has two. Gotcha. So like you know bigger kernels with the two row sure. and smaller with the six row. Um, I found that uh, six row gives you more of like that 
that grainy character than Two Rower does. Two mm-hmm. Row is a lot cleaner, but okay. it also ferments out a little bit better. Okay. Um, and then, so flake corn and uh, rice are just pure sugars. Like, sure. And you're it's going to attribute some corn flavor, or you know, like, or some rice. Right. Well, I think that a good uh, thing to try to chase down is this spotted cow. Like, if we could try to make something that tastes like this, I think that'd be good. So I think using a mix of the six and the two, if you're going to get some some more, uh, like, graininess, or with the t- with, with the two-row was... Uh, Six-row will give you more grain. Right, and the two-row was... It ferments out better. Yeah, so it, this is this is a clean flavor. I think they, they're probably using a mix. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to go with a mix on this and then use uh use corn i don't because i like that this kind of i feel like the rice wouldn't attribute as much flavor okay um so i think it'd be good to use corn with this uh instead of like the rice okay um yeah Uh, i was listening it was it was kind of kismet i was listening to another podcast today and they had uh, the brewer from Beechwood out in California, and he brews an award-winning cream ale. Uh, he won gold multiple years in a row at Beach, or at the, the Great American Beer Festival and stuff. Um, and he says the key to his cream ale is to finish it out with uh, with dextrose, which okay. is basically just sugar. Sure. Um, and so I think we should probably try to take a cue from that and put some sugar in here too. I'm good with that, yeah. Yeah, just to dry it out a little bit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a, a good idea. All right, so um, I'll I'll go over like kind of a like half recipe that I created uh, just for fermentables while while we were talking here. Um, on here I have um, a pound of this is for a five gallon batch, so a pound of two row, um, four and a half pounds of six row, uh, one and a half pounds of flake corn. Okay. And a pound of corn sugar. So that keeps us, um, our flake corn is at 18.75% of the grist, which keeps us in that 20% yep, uh, area. Up to, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the corn sugar is 12.5%. So that also keeps us in that 20% range. Yep. Um, and then that puts us at 56.25% of six row and 12.5% of two row. Looking at that, that gives us an OG of around 1047 uh and then uh depending on what yeast we use probably an fg of 10 12 10 10 maybe a little bit lower okay. uh with a f- with an abv of around five percent okay yeah that that'll put us right in those vitals and everything so I should we should we lock in that i'd like would you, would you like to so. tweak any of that or um no i mean there's not a lot of tweaking I can do with this being my first yep. all grain beer. Yeah, well, and it, and it's a very simple um, beer too. Yeah, so I think I think that's good. Let's let's that's gonna fit right in with the style. Let's just go with that. I think definitely uh, using the the two row is gonna like to give it a more clean flavor. They did something with that in this beer, in Spotted Cow. It's very clean, so I think that's a good idea. Um. If somebody who's an award-winning cream ale brewer Wants says to, to put dextrose in it, let's put yeah. dextrose in it. Like, let's figure that out, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> let, we'll try it out. We'll 
do that. And that puts us right in the style. It keeps us true to style, and it puts us right in the right vitals. So I think that's a good plan. I think that's a good recipe. Okay, now the big question. Hops. Okay. Um, I I did a little bit of uh, pre-preparation because I know you don't know hops very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I chose uh, four or five varieties here that I think would fit this style. Um, I have Chinook, uh, Crystal, Hollertau, and Saz. I don't know if you took uh, any time to look up those hop profiles at all or if you want to do it now and um, just kind of take a gander at some of those. Um, if you just Google hop profiles, they'll pop up. Okay. Um, and then I'll try to find something. I don't know. Let's talk to Carlos for a minute while he's looking up hops. So I had asked, like you were getting all your numbers, so that was with that program you mentioned hmm. earlier in the show? Uh, I am actually using Brewtoad to come up with these numbers. So Brewtoad gets you close. Right. Um, their numbers, they're not spot on. Uh, with uh, with Beersmith, you can get, you can like, you can basically build your system in Beersmith and like put all the numbers in, and it just magically makes things work. <laughs> it's Beersmith is awesome. Like, there's pro brewers who use Beersmith. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> I think yeah, I would love them as a sponsor too. But yep. like, I I love Beersmith. Trial here. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Brewtoad is nice because. So Brewtoad is all online, all right. and you go in and you create your, your recipe under your profile, um, and then you can like add notes and stuff, and you can share it with people. You get a nice shareable link that you can just post places. And um, uh, I sh- figure I should probably ask for our listeners. Uh, are either of them do you any like sort of fee or anything for them? Uh, so Brewtoad is free, uh, and Beersmith is a one-time, I think it's $30, 30 or 40 bucks one-time fee. Um, but it works both on uh, Mac and Windows, uh, which is which is nice. I guess it would like depend on like how much brewing you're planning on doing too. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, if you're planning on doing know. 80 beers over the next year, I mean. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I'm gonna be uh, taking notes in three places. We're gonna have them in Brewtoad. We're gonna have them in uh, Carlos. Do you see my brew journal over there? It should be on the. Uh, on the rack over there, or maybe not. No, maybe it, it's it may have got moved somewhere else. Okay, anyway, and then I have my brew journal as well, uh, which is really nice. And I'll talk about that. I've talked about it past on the show, but once I find it, because I haven't used it in a while, because I haven't done scientific brewing in mm-hmm. a bit. But And you'll be able to use, what was it, Beer Toad? What's the, what? uh, brew Toad. Brew Toad. Brew Toad. You, com. You'll be able to use, like, uh, put a link up for that. Like Yep, yeah. So uh, the plan is, uh, once I get the, once I figure out the design that I like and uh, I already built the database tables and stuff. I'm just going to populate them and figure that out. But uh, we're going to do – I want to have the XML that you can download and then import right into Beersmith and the link to the Brewtoad. So that should give everybody a, a chance to see what we're doing, get our tasting notes, especially on Brewtoad. You can add tasting notes right on there. Oh, wow. And, uh, like, the times that you've brewed it and stuff and what you, what you tweaked and whatnot. Uh, and so that's kind of nice. Yeah. All right. Have you looked up the hops? <laughs> I, I kind of looked at it, but it that's a whole lot of stuff to look at. So what I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and lean on your okay knowledge in this All one, right. and then so I'll, I'm I, thinking I'll study hops. I, yeah. So I'm thinking we use a U.S. version of Hollertau just okay. throughout. Uh, Hollertau is a good German style, a uh, little spicy, little floral, um, and it I think it'll lend well to this beer for as little hop character as there is. You still mm-hmm. get like that that hint of that hop spice, right? You know, like I just I don't know. 
but it might be me just being a hophead and wanting sure. some. If I again, we have to have little to no character, so we got to be like right in that sweet spot of IBUs. So, so if we are gonna have little character, it should be a well flavored character. Is I'm thinking so. Plus, yeah. Hollertau is a low alpha acid, uh, coming in around four and a half percent. Uh, so alpha acids are where uh, those isomerize in the boil, and we'll go into brew science at some point. We've we've done it a bunch in the past, so we might sure. do that off air. Uh, but basically, um, it's it's what gives you the bitterness. Okay. Um, and so I'm thinking we should get the majority of our bitterness right at 60 minutes, and then maybe do a flame out addition. So sure. flame out is flame out or whirlpool. Um, is like when you start to cool the beer down, so you've turned off the the burner, mm-hmm. and you've started to do uh, like you started to chill the beer, then you throw some hops in right away, right. and that like those are basically just flavor and aroma hops, right? And so if we're gonna do any of that, like very little for what we're doing, yeah. But so I'm thinking we just try to hit all of our IBUs right away with uh, with the uh, with the holler tow, and I'm thinking we we aim for the lower the lower end. Uh, so if you look at the style style guideline, where we add on uh, IBUs here, uh, eight to twenty. I'm thinking we shoot for ten, twelve. Kind of, kind of in the middle. How do you measure that? So that is, you take there's there's a calculation where you take the uh, the alpha acids and multiply it by some stuff. Okay. What I do is I put it into a calculator. Okay. <laughs> Because the formulas, like, they're not super complex, but they're complex enough where I don't remember them. Sure. And I don't use them, and there's so many good tools out there. Well, there you go. You, like, why why do it? Yeah, so what I'm going to do is let's start with one ounce at 60 minutes. So, oh, so the way brewing timers work, and that gives us 17. That is too many. Sure. Let's start with half an ounce. And that gives us eight. So what about three quarters of an ounce? Yes. Oops, not 75. that gives us 13 let's yeah so then three quarters of an ounce three quarters of an ounce at 60 minutes so the way brew timers work are um, you have your 60 minute edition so if you're doing a 60 minute boil as soon as it starts boiling you put in your 60 minute edition Mm -hmm. I mean so the the number of minutes on there is how long the hops are in the boil and that's gonna the earlier you add it the less flavor more bitterness correct correct okay yep so you're not gonna get really any flavor from the 60 minute hops. It's gonna be adding you're, that yeah. Well, bitterness. you're still you're still gonna get some flavors, but you're gonna you're gonna boil off all those volatile oils sure. that give you like so like with North or with New England uh, IPAs, like you get you know those real big juicy hop characters. Mm-hmm. Those are all like uh, those aren't even whirlpool. Those are just dry hops. So it's all oils, no bitterness. Sure. And then I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's do the final quarter of an ounce at flame out, and that like that way we're not wasting. Sure. <laughs> Any, like, so we'll you can just get, do a, what you it's can get a one ounce packet or yeah yeah. So hops hops comes in one ounce packets so usually. Yeah. So just do three quarters of it at sixty, and then the last yeah uh, quarter. Right. And then yeast wise, have... I'm thinking we use American ale uh, from Yeast. It's one of my favorite yeasts. It's very clean fermenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll bring us down to that where we need to go. It's clean fermenting, high attenuating. Um, yeah. We might, depending on what's available, uh, where we might switch that up at the last minute because liquid yeast can be hard to 
nailed down depending on where you're ordering from. But I think that's good. So uh, our final numbers here, <coughs> looking at this, we have an OG of 1047 with a final gravity of uh, like 1008 to 1012 right in there uh, with 13 IBUs. Um, this says two SRM, but the SRM calculator on Brewtoad isn't the greatest. Okay. Uh, that's, that's just what I found with experience. Um, I think we'll be a little bit higher. We'll probably be in that five, six range. Okay. Uh, but we're still going to be very pale because there's nothing else in this beer. Uh, the only, the only thing that we could do is maybe switch out six row for, uh, Pilsner and that might change up the SRM a little bit, but I'd rather have six row in there, I think. Yeah, I think sticking with what's uh, in the style guide. Yeah. And that'll that'll put us right around 5% ABV. Yeah, so all our numbers are falling right within where we need to yeah. be. So I think that's a I think that's a good recipe. I think we should just lock, lock that, that in. in all right, and hitting the save button. That's Shabam! We'll, we'll brew up, and then we'll be talking about it in the future. All right, that is awesome. Too late to change anything now. Whew, it's been saved. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. Um, and, guys, I, I really appreciate you sticking with us through the the six months we took off and then the intermittent stuff last month. I, I wholeheartedly apologize. I really do. Uh, it just seems like, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, you know? Yep. Uh, Spencer, thank you for coming and sharing some awesome, awesome mead amazing job please keep it up like, it's it's awesome yeah <laughs> like i don't have another like it's great descriptor for it it's just it's fucking awesome <laughs> uh carlos thanks for coming down and sharing your insight and yeah something. getting intoxicated for the mead. drinking uh, yeah well i mean i'll come down <laughs> and drink meat any day um <laughs> if you guys want to support us head on over to patreon.com slash blind ninja studios or uh, just if you're going to buy anything off Amazon, click on uh, head on over to blindestudios.com first. Click on our Amazon link at the bottom. Do your, all your purchases through that link, and then we get a bit of a kickback from Save Amazon. Save it right there at the top of your yep. browser as the bookmark, and then you never um, even have to if, think about it. If you want to, uh, if you have any like questions, feedback, or uh, just ideas on future recipes or tweaks that we could make to our current ones, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at the ninja at blindindustudios.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindindustudios uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja uh, if you message us on Facebook we're pretty good at getting back within a couple of hours yep. um, at least like, our response rate is 100% I believe yes it is I'm on top of that and I got Thomas to finally start sending me messages on my personal hey, list. Hey, there you go. I wondered where he's been. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a damn sous vide because of him. It'll be here on uh, it'll be here on Monday. He started uh, doing some brew in the bag with a sous vide, so we might have to try that at some point, okay. just as a extra brew to sure. see what happens. <laughs> um, all right, guys, that's our show for today, and we'll see you uh, shortly. I guess in the future. I haven't decided if this is going to be biweekly or weekly yet. Depending, well, probably weekly now that we're brewing every week. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess I'll see you next week. Next week or at least in two weeks. Well, next week we'll probably just record it during the brew day. Yeah, we can do that. That's probably what will end up happening is we'll record them during the brew day. There you go. All right, guys. I'll see you next week.